0: Welcome everyone to Tamrielic Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric, a.k.a. Sillyord, and this one is the Khajiitie Merchant. Merchant, how are you doing today? This one is doing okay. How about you? I've been doing okay. i got to apologize for the delay of this episode by a day or two. Um, I have had a pretty busy week and weekend, And so I had to find time to do this episode. I'm doing this episode right after I recorded Nintendo because, uh, let's see, Monday I had to get my glasses fixed. I had to get a new pair of frames. I don't know exactly what happened, but I went to put my glasses on in. Yeah, you know that you know I think it was over the weekend my glasses broke I went to put my glasses on and the band fell and hit me in the face so I took a look at them and it wasn't the screw I was looking for a screw because usually what will happen is one of those tiny ass screws will fall out and they are nearly impossible to find because they're so small that was not the case with this so I went to see if I could get them you know repaired just you know whatever you know worker magic guy and he said that that was impossible so thankfully I've got insurance I was able to just get the frames replaced I went to the place where I got them and even though I haven't had new glasses in like three and a half years they still happen to have that pair of frames, so they were able to pop the frame, or the lenses, my old lenses, into a new frame and not even have to shave them down or anything. So that was pretty much best case scenario. Now I prefer contacts, but I do like having glasses. I like having the option, and I don't have to you know, walk around blind before I go to bed so that is what happened on monday now this is wednesday when i'm recording this and putting this out yesterday i was kind of busy i had some other stuff going on i um tomorrow i've got a dentist appointment so my week is pretty much booked so i am bringing this to you as quickly as i can so um yeah that (laughs) has been my week So, or is my week for this week, so I'm getting this to you. Regardless, you know, I'm making time for you guys. So, today we are going to be talking about Kenrith. Now, there has been a little bit of news. I am, you know, we still haven't gotten the official reveal of the next year of ESO, Now, we know that it is going to be related to Maerun's Dagon and his plane of Oblivion, the Deadlands. We don't really know specifics yet. We don't know what the chapter is going to be called. I imagine the story arc is going to be called Gates of Oblivion. Just like the Solitude, you know, Skyrim thing was called the Dark Heart of Skyrim. Like the whole event arc, like the whole year of content was called the dark heart of skyrim and i guess we did get to see what exactly that dark heart was in the markarth dlc that was the finale of that so that stream is happening on the 21st so that's a little over a week away from today so i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to call an audible once that stream happens and spend an episode or two Talking specifically about the game Oblivion. You know, just like what all that was about, what the main quest was about, what we got in that game, how that differed from previous games like Morrowind or Arena or Daggerfall or, you know, Redguard, Battlespire. How the game differed from that and just what you could do in that game and what. The bad, or yeah, the dead, not the badlands, that's cyberpunk. I'm getting my games mixed up. Uh, what the deadlands, Rune's Dagon's plane of oblivion was like. So, that will probably start, you know, I, I do these episodes every two weeks. That'll probably be what happens starting next episode. And then we'll continue with the Adra and the Daedra. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. I'm not stopping the series, but I thought that it would be good to talk a little bit about that. Because, you know, when I first started this podcast, we were building towards the release of Greymore, And I did a series of episodes on Skyrim-related stuff. Well, let's do a few episodes on oblivion related stuff so i think that's a good idea if you guys don't like that let me know but i think it'd be really cool to do a little bit of an in-depth look into oblivion the game so um yeah we're just we're waiting on that stream to happen so i will talk about that more after that happens probably the biggest um news that has come out lately is the fact that you know bethesda or more specifically machine games is making a indiana jones game so yeah they had a little bit of a trailer for that and uh, you know everybody's wondering oh my god what what does this mean for elder scrolls six and starfield todd Howard's has come out todd howard has come out and said that this won't affect The development of Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6. It is being developed by Machine Games. And so that's kind of a subsidiary of Bethesda. Not Bethesda Game Studios. So these people are the team behind the Wolfenstein series. So... And I thought that that was it. But I guess it's now Machine Games... They don't work on Doom. That's a different team. I thought, again, I thought that that Wolfenstein and Doom games were developed by the same studios. I guess that's not the case. So, Machine Games is a little bit more focused on story. They definitely focus on gameplay, but they also put a strong emphasis on story. If you've played the last few Wolfenstein games, starting with the Old Blood... um, Sorry, not the Old Blood, the New Order you can tell that they've really amped up the story elements of the Wolfenstein series, and I'm all for that. Like, I love me some good gameplay. Good gameplay is a definitely, definitely a key component of a game, but you gotta have a good story to keep me interested. I've said this time and time again, without a good story, I lose interest. So, I think that this will be great, you know? I don't, off the top of my head, I can't really think of a Indiana Jones game. Yes, there was an Indiana, games, or Indiana Jones game on the original Xbox, but I never played that. Other than that, there's Young Indiana Jones, which was based on a TV show, and that was in the NES days. And there's Lego Indiana Jones. And... I mean, what kind of... Yeah, there's story in the Lego games, but... I don't think it's really a key component in those games. Those games are just... They're they're fun. But they're not meant to be taken seriously. So... I am definitely looking forward to this. I think it'll be cool. So... As far as what I've been playing lately... I've actually been playing some Elder Scrolls. I played some Skyrim and some ESO on stream. So... With Skyrim, I did a little bit of the main quest. I met Parthanax for the first time, uh, voiced by Charles Martinet, who also voices Mario for Nintendo. So, yeah, I, I didn't have a ton of time to stream, but I did want to play some Elder Scrolls. So, yeah, I focused on the main quest. So, he gives you the quest to go... Get an elder scroll so you can fix the time wound there and learn the shout that you use against Alduin, the dragon wrench shout. So basically like they can't teach you that shout because they themselves are unable to know it. Which I think is kind of interesting. Like, why would it like a dragon know a shout to kill itself? So, yeah, I did that in ESO. Uh, I complained about the fact that you couldn't... If you're a vampire, if you're a monstrous vampire, you are shunned by merchants and townspeople. So that made it impossible for me to buy crafting style crafting materials like bone with... Uh, my bosmer character you would think that they would have those kind of merchants in the outlaw refuges in town but no that was not the case so it was impossible for me to complete my crafting writs and that was getting really frustrating so i was asking the community about that um sherry from one of the dames who game podcast uh, she's a huge elder scrolls online player And I couldn't find her on Discord So I asked um, Jessica Starr Who's uh, one of the hosts of the Fallout Feed and the United Wastelanders Network on Twitch um, Mm -hmm. To reach out to her for me And she said that you're kind of She's like, well, you're kind of screwed Until you get to The um, Realm of Oblivion that Molag Ball has, you know, Cold Harbor And Basically, toward the end of the main quest Kind of spoilers here, you invade Cold Harbor and there's a place there where you can buy it i am nowhere near that point with that character now with my pc characters i one of my characters has beaten the main quest and i thought that was amazing i think i've talked about that on the podcast here in the earlier days of the show it is really cool like you actually take on molag ball himself at the end and you see him in person along... You also see Meridia, and you see Meridia as a realm of oblivion. Like, you see so many Daedric Princes in person that you don't see really in any other game. Like, I don't know any other game where you see Molag Ball or Meridia in person. Not only that, you get to see their realms of oblivion, and you get to see races that by the third and fourth eras are extinct. Like the Maromer and the Kothringi. It's it, you know, play ESO. I don't I am not a shill. I don't I'm not shilling here. I don't get paid by Bethesda intent um to say these things, but if you're a lore junkie like me, definitely play some ESO. Um and it, it was odd. I logged in when i was streaming earlier i think it was sometime last week and oddly enough people were selling to me they were talking to me i was able to buy tons of you know bone for my crafting writs and all that i don't know what changed um maybe it's the fact that i hadn't fed anybody on anybody in a while Uh, one of the guys i was talking to on discord he was like you know just you know there's cures for vampirism you know, or maybe you can take a potion to lower your vampire your vampire skills. I'm like, dude, that defeats the purpose. I want to be a vampire. I like being a vampire. <laughs> I don't want to cure my vampirism. I like being a vampire. They need to put a crafting merchant down in the Outlaw refuges. And hopefully, eventually, that does get updated. Um, so I guess for the time being, I'm not going to feed on anybody. Um, that Honestly, that doesn't even do anything. Um, it just kills the person, like you're, you're committing murder, but it doesn't feed you, like you don't get health from feeding on anybody, so it doesn't really serve any purpose other than, you know, watching yourself feed on somebody. So I guess I'll just not do that for a while, which, you know what, that's fine. You can still use your vampire powers in battle, and it won't make you a quote-unquote monstrous vampire Uh, In the game So yeah um, I guess it just kind of worked itself out So yeah I could buy style materials Again Anyway um, that's about it As far as my gameplay Unless you want me to talk about Cyberpunk Uh, Yeah I guess I could talk about Cyberpunk for a bit Um, I still love That game I've put almost 40 hours into that game And I got to the point Of no return with the main quest but there's still tons of side quests for me to do. I have encountered some bugs. Uh, A couple in particular were annoying, but nothing game-breaking. It does crash on me from time to time, but hell, so does Fallout. I was playing Fallout 76 a few days ago, and it crashed on me in the middle of a Scorch Beast Queen fight. I was not happy. So, you know, if it crashes on me from time to time, it's not a big deal. The game frequently auto saves so you don't lose anything really i finished a couple of the character quest lines like i finished judy and pan am's quest line i might have even finished rivers quest line i don't know i'd have to go back and look or you know he may call me again i'm working on rogue right now so i've done some of her quests which is cool uh, the bugs that I was talking about One of them was actually kind of funny Where I'm out in the middle of the Badlands Yes, actual Badlands And I did a cyber-psycho Side quest where you have to go Take somebody down Actually this one they didn't even want you to kill him, But this guy was like full Borg He was complete Cyborg And I called a motorcycle Out to where I was After I finished it And the motorcycle showed up On it's back tire And it was, like, vertical in the air. And I'm like, okay, that's new. So I thought maybe getting on it would correct the problem. So I get on the bike, and I'm stuck. (laughs) I could not drive. I could not get off. I had to reload the save after I killed the guy. I just thought it was funny more than anything. There have been a couple others where, you know, side quests, like, won't, There was one that wouldn't finish on me. I did it a different way and it finished, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, There was one where... There's a series of quests where you have to go and have boxing matches with people. And there was one with this army veteran named Buck... Who has a cybernetic arm and a cybernetic leg. And it took me several tries to actually kill him. And you raise the stakes with your money and you want him to include the sniper rifle well you never get paid for that fight and it kind of pissed me off a little bit because that fight was tough like i said it took me several tries and then he ends up turning everybody on you and you have to kill everybody including him and then you just go take the rifle so that was frustrating i really wanted to get my twelve thousand, or actually that was what I put in. It probably would have been twenty-four thousand if they actually paid me for it. Um, I've got cybernetic parts in every slot now, and I've upgraded my optic or my uh, operating system. So I got the Mantis Blade mod from or uh, yeah modification for my arms, which is always fun. Uh, basically, these blades come out of your arms. I should buy Gorilla Arms at some point for the boxing fights that would help. So anyway, yeah, I'm still loving Cyberpunk. Thank you CD Projekt Red for that game. I know this is mainly a Bethesda podcast, but I've been playing the shit out of Cyberpunk, and I've been loving it. So anyway, um, and it, I probably will play it again with a different life path. My character is a street punk or a street kid, I'll probably go Nomad next because there are different dialogue options that come up with that. So anyway... I am going to take a break, and then we were going to talk about Kennereth. So stay tuned, guys. All right, guys, welcome back after that short break. Thank you for checking out my anchor sponsor. Uh, if you are looking to make your own podcast, definitely check them out. It's all free. Anyway, you've heard all this in my ad So let's talk about Kenareth. So there, like the other divines There is a quote here At the top of the article With UESP It says that Kenareth says Use nature's gifts wisely Respect her power and her fury So yes, Kenareth is the goddess of the heavens The winds, the elements And the unseen spirits of the air So basically all of nature she is a member of the 8 slash 9 divines and the patron of sailors and travelers. Kenrith is often invoked for auspicious stars and, at birth and for good fortune in daily life. In some legends, she is the first to agree to Loricon's divine plan to create the mortal plane and provides the space in the void for its creation. That kind of makes sense, you know, with her being the goddess of nature, but it's interesting that pretty much... All of the nine vines. Like, Maybe this one was the first to invoke Lorcan's plan. I don't think we'll ever know for sure. But you know what? Here it says that she might have been. So she's also often associated with rain. And that's a phenomenon that is said not to have occurred before the removal of Lorcan's divine spark. Why that would be, I have no idea. Because, you know, nature needs rain. So, anyway... She is the mother of the demigod Morius M-O-R-I-H-A-U-S Morihaus She is also suspected to have commi- communicated with Saint Alessia through visions of Pelinal's imminent mm-hmm. arrival Why can't I talk today? The throne of the world is described as being Kynra's sacred mountain by the Greybeards Yeah, I, I remember them saying that So, and you know what? It makes sense so according to followers of the divines the sky goddess kine worshipped by the nords as the strongest of the sky spirits and the widow of shore is the nordic aspect of kenrith which that makes sense it kind of uh, goes on to describe why they hadn't seen rain before so according to the followers of the divines the sky goddess kind, worshipped by the Nords, as the strongest of the sky spirits, and the widow of Shore is the Nordic gas subject of Kinnereth. Rain is said to be Kine's tears as she mourned the loss of her beloved Shore, since rain is believed not to have appeared until after his divine spark was forcefully removed. So, certain, you know, you hear that sometimes where rain is God's tears in certain cultures, even in our world. So, you know here is the elder scrolls version of that it is said that kyn gifted men with the Thum so they could harness the language of the dragons and use its power to save themselves from the wrath of Alduin and the dragon so the dragon shouts are a gift of kynrith Kine. Kenrith has a temple in the city of whiterun and one of the duties of this temple is to tend the gildegreen which is considered sacred to kynrith's followers if you've been if you played Skyrim, you've heard of the Gilded Green. It's the big tree right in front of your Vasker where when you first get to White Run, there's one of the priestesses and she goes, "It's a shame." Uh what's well, a shame? So this tree has kind of a curse on it and it's really wilted and you go get this dagger called Nettlebane, and you get some of it, the bark of the Green, or the, this tree that's guarded by a ton of Spriggans, which I'm not the biggest fan of Spriggans, but it makes sense. They're guardians of nature, so they see you use this dagger on the tree, they're going to think you're attacking it, so you have to fight off a bunch of Spriggans, but once the you know, quest is complete the green blooms again and it's really pretty to see so there's some other interpretations of kenrith here the khajiit interpretation of kenrith is the goddess of winds kanarthi and kanarthi acts as the psychopomp for the faithful khajiit and kanarthi actually has its own town or city in elsewhere named after it so kanarthi's roost so, Kenrith is often associated with Zenithar due to craftsmen using natural materials to create. And so, one, of, one cannot revere Zenithar without acknowledging the power of Kenrith. Yeah, what makes sense would. kana feathers can be offered to Kenrith at her shrines. The island of Betni is considered holy land of Kenrith, Kenrith. And this was a factor for Daggerfall's involvement in the War of Betni. It was also the reason why the conflict escalated to the Battle of Kraine, C-R-Y-N-G-A-I-N-E, Field, and that ended the war. I should probably figure out how to pronounce that word properly. I apologize. Some of these words are difficult. So there are some artifacts associated with Kenrith. Kenrith controls the famed Lord's Mail. And it's also known as the armor of Moris, Morhaus, whatever, however you pronounce that word. And uh, the Lord's mail is known to have the power to regenerate, regenerate the wearer's health, cure poisons, and grant resistance to magic. Many heroes have possessed the gift over the years, including the Eternal Champion, the Agent, and the Nerevarine. She also created the boots of the Crusader for Pelinal White String, you know, the armor that, from the Knights of the Nine DLC. So she is associated with the boots, and that helped him to defeat Umaril. And let's see what the benefits of these boots are. So, the boots... Uh, the wearer will not be attacked by the creatures of the forest. Sir Junkin of the original knights died while searching for the boots. The pilgrim visited the Shrine of Kenrith and was told to was told the location of the grove of trials by the high priestess later to become sir avida Vesina ver visnia kenrith tested the pilgrim by sending the forest guardian a giant bear to attack them when the pilgrim didn't fight back having reverence for nature kenrith allowed them to allow them entrance to the grotto where the boots were hidden I remember this now that it talked about how you're not supposed to attack the bear. So you get attacked by a bear, your natural reaction is to kill them. However, with Kenrith being the goddess of nature, to show reverence to the bear, don't attack it. So yes, I do remember that now. And the boots were needed to receive the mace of the crusader with them. And the wearer's faith is strengthened and they can cross the void without doubt. So, yeah, it's one of those instances where you can't see where you're going. So I should mention the other uh, previous enchantments on the, uh, or the previous items for the Divine Crusaders relics. So uh, with the home of the Crusader, which was associated with the Bella, it gives the wearer a serene beauty and also enhances the wearer's bartering ability as, weather is, as well as their skills of illusion. So the helm was uh, built by the shrine built by the shrine of the crusader in the halls of Vanua after his death and using the helm as an object of worship. The ruins of the structure were slowly engulfed by the lake Rumar. In 3rd Era one, thir- 153, and Sir a male went on one final quest hoping to restore honor for his order, and he ventured into the haunted ruins of Vanua before he died, or but he died before he can reach the helm. So then there's also the uh, Curus, which uh, was made by Akratosh or Mara, whoever you believe, and it Offers magical protection to the wearer, also, and it has been known to increase the wearer's health and damage any undead or Daedra who approach. And it was the first relic recovered by the original knights who defeated Worm of Elenglen, I think is how you pronounce that. And Curious is the only relic remaining in the Order's possession. And uh, when it dissolved after the death of Sura Male, it was safeguarded and... Wait. It dissolved and then... I don't, anyway, this, this doesn't make total sense, I guess. Uh, many adventurers faced the ghosts of the knights, but none were able to pass, so you have to... You know, it was protected by the spirits of the lingering knights. So we also talked about the shield, which was the, in the last episode, which was created by Julianos. And it is the symbol of the Imperial Pantheon. And the shield allows the wearer to reflect spells back at casters or to deflect them entirely. And Sir Henrik of the original knights retrieved the shield after he set out on his own. He and his friends hid the shield deep within Fort Bulwark, an abandoned Imperial Fort before he died. He saw the protective measures finished. His ghost sent the pilgrim to the fort, which had been taken by a group of conjurers. Conjurers sought the shield, but had been unsuccessful in getting past the many traps and puzzles within the ruins. The pilgrim encountered the knight Sir Dedret, imprisoned within the ruins, and once the pilgrim set him free, Dedret passed on his limited knowledge of puzzles of the puzzles, and later joined the reformed Knights of the Nine. After many challenges, the pilgrim discovered the shield deep within the ruins. Um, let's see... We talked about the sword also. And the sword has a fire enchantment on him. It strikes are burnt by holy flames and their magicka reserves depleted. It was discovered by Sir Beric Vlindral of the original knights who brought it to the War of the Red Diamond. When he died, it was buried with him in his family tomb in Underspal Cave. And underneath... Lord Ven- Vlindril dropped or dragged the sword down into the evil, cursing. It so the righteous war- wielder would have stunted Magicka. His wrath, or sorry, wraith, infamous for haunting the Orange Road, wielded the weapon, and it was discovered by the pilgrim who, after seeing, seeing Lord- freeing, uh, easy for me to say, Lord Vlindril's soul. He reconsecrated it on the altar of the Great Chapel of Arche in Shadenhall. So, yeah. that Those are all the relics we've talked about so far. Um, after we cover the Oblivion uh, events and the game and all that, we will continue on. Um, there's a couple of other things here. So... Uh, the like. Um, Kinrith is also associated with the Ring of the Wind. It's a legendary treasure of elsewhere, sacred to Kinrith. It was owned by the nimble acrobat Kisimba Springsnow, who is said to always land on her feet except when chosen to land on the feet of others. (laughs) That's kind of funny. So, that is really it as far as Kinrith. Like I said, we are going to. I'm going to call an audible and talk about. Oblivion for probably at least a couple episodes and then we will be back with the rest of the Aedra. Let's see. Next would be Mara. So, yeah, we, I think we all know a little bit about Mara, so I'll be excited to dig into that. But for now, we're going to take a break on this series and talk about some Oblivion stuff. So I'm excited to get into that As you guys know, if you've listened to my introduction episode Oblivion was the first Elder Scrolls game I ever played It was my introduction to the series And I have played it constantly I even play it today sometimes Um, I do have it on my Xbox One, the Game of the Year edition And I play it on stream sometimes So if you'd like to Watch my stream; it is at twitch.tv/sulior. I've been playing a lot of different stuff lately. I played some Arkham Asylum, I played some Skyrim, I played some ESO, I've played some Cyberpunk, Fallout, lots of different stuff. Um, got some other games I'll probably play before too long, like Rage 2, and uh, let's see, Doom Eternal. I got a lot of stuff to play. <laughs> so many, so much or so little time and so many games but yeah I'd I'd stream Oh, I'll probably stream today a little bit if I find some time after getting my Fallout 76 dailies in so other ways to get a hold of me you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at iangold08 the show uh, has a Twitter and Instagram also a Tamriel P a Twitter Tamriel Adventures at Instagram Uh, the show has an email Podcast at gmail.com You can find me in-game on ESO, um, PC North America with EE Gold, and, um, sorry, excuse me, uh, Xbox at Sulior. You can also find me in my other shows, uh, Tapes from the Waste, where we talk about Fallout lore, and Nintendo, where we talk about Nintendo stuff. I just put out an episode today on Pokemon Gen 5. Definitely go check that out. So... I would like to thank The Hive, as always, for sponsoring this show. And as always, stay safe, adventurers.